If you're third grade and under, are you happy to be in the service today? Yes? I heard an adult say yes. Evan, I'm glad that you're here. All right, so, well, today I'll be, I'll be talking to the kids and to the not kids as well. Let me pray for us before we get into this or read the passage, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love the little children. Thank you for always making a point of speaking to the little children from your word and of showing your love to them. We pray that you would you bless them today and that they would hear you speaking to them. We lift up to you those who are sick and not with us today, particularly the Bruntons and also their extended family. We pray for Mary Ruth's grandmother that you, you would heal her and that you would stabilize her. And we pray for Mary Ruth's parents also, that they would do well, and they would be able to care for Mary Ruth's grandmother. Um, Please give them wisdom about whether or not to go back out to Pennsylvania at this time to help with all that needs to be done as as everyone recovers. We pray for the LaCroix and ask that you would heal them, and that um, you would be with them today. And we, we, we pray for Danny Dunn, and his migraine, that you would heal that. We thank you for the birth of Xander Schutte, and we pray that you would bless his development as he was born early. And we pray that you would be with us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Mr. Paul started the Philippian church many years ago. And when he wrote this letter, he was... Do you know where he was when he wrote this letter? Ah, yes. Who said that? Oh, that was Peter. Good job. Raise your hand, though, first, if you please, and I'll call on you. Sometimes I'll tell you to yell it out, but those are the rules for now. So, good job. He was in prison. Um, He was in prison, I'll just tell you why, because he loved Jesus. He wanted to spread the news about Jesus, and a lot of people did not like that. But he wouldn't stop. So he ended up in prison. And would you be happy if you were in prison? No? I I think you're right. You know, Mr. Paul, though, was happy. He was happy in prison. We'll talk about why, but he was. Do you know why he wrote the Philippians a letter from prison? Why he wrote this church a letter from prison? Uh, Lucy? Well, that is a good answer. To guide them on the right path toward Jesus. But why in particular? Do you know why in particular? There's, There's one particular reason. Your answer is right, but you need to add something to it. No takers. No takers. To encourage them, also good, but you still have to add something to it. All right, they send him a gift. They send him a gift. And so the occasion is he's responding. Um, They used to send him gifts when he wasn't locked up, just so that he could have what he needed to do his work. So he could have food, water, clothes, I don't know, to do what he needed to do as an apostle building churches. Um... But this was the first gift they had sent him in a while. So he was extra happy about the gift. What's a word, speaking of happy, sometimes as Christians, we don't use the word happy. We use like a bigger word. We use a word that we, we sing it in songs and we read it in the Bible. Jacob, good job. High, highest marks. Yep, that's it. We say joy, rejoice. Why, why is joy a, a big thing or a little thing? What do you think? Ozzy? It's a big thing. Um, and it's a, it's a big thing. Why? Because it's about God. 
It's about God, what God has given us, what God has promised us. That's what makes it a big thing. Not just like getting a piece of candy for filling out your children's bulletin. That's a small happiness. It's not joy. Joy is big. Um, what makes you happy? I will ask the kids if you're a kid, and I'll ask the adults if you're an adult. What makes you happy? That's what I want to talk to you about today. You want to answer? Fine, let's have some answers. Jacob, what makes you happy? That's actually a really good answer. Okay, Abe, playing baseball. That's a pretty good answer. I accept it. Taryn, friends? Yeah, these are all good answers. I don't, I don't dispute any of them. All those things are good and should make you happy. Ozzy, God? Well, that's the best answer. <laughs> all right. And, and I want to ask you, is your happiness, like, is it strong or is it weak? When you are happy, does it go away as soon as you get a little bit annoyed? Or does it last? How strong is your happiness? Um, Paul, Mr. Paul, had a hard life. And we'll talk more about that. And I bet he had a harder life than any of you. I'm just going to guess. I'm not trying to belittle anyone or what they've suffered. But Mr. Paul was kind of extraordinary. He packed a whole lot of hard times into his life. But he was still happy. So I want to I see what we can learn from Mr. Paul about how to be happy. So let me read. This is Philippians 4, 10 to 13. So listen carefully. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, if you look at the first part of that, verse 10, Mr. Paul is saying the Philippians have revived their concern for him after a long time. I don't know if you all know what reviving means, but it means to bring something back to life. Think of it like a flower. It, it's, it stays dead in the winter, and then the spring comes, and it pops back open, and that's what Paul's saying. It's actually kind of the word he's using, like a word you'd use about a flower. Suddenly, their concern for him was able to express itself. He knew that they loved him. He knew that this church cared about him. He knew that they wanted to help. But they'd been waiting for the right opportunity. When the right opportunity came, it's like spring with the flower. Boom! They're going to give him a gift. They love him. So they sent him a gift while he was in prison. And the way he responds teaches us something about what you should want to be like as a Christian to be happy. He says, I rejoiced greatly. Okay, you remember what joy is, right? Joy is a big happiness, and it has to do with God. It's big. So, Paul has joy because his friends sent him a gift for his, for his need. Okay, what are, what, are, what, are, what are some things he needs? If you're chained to the wall, and this wasn't, I should tell you, this wasn't like our prisons. I don't believe that the Roman prisons gave you food. So what do you need if you're in jail? Yeah, well, you do, but that's not really, you couldn't bribe them. At least the church wasn't trying to pay for Paul to get out of, yeah, Geneva. You need God in your heart. That's good. 
But what's, some, what's a need that money could help with? Hey, Taryn. Food. Food. That's good. That's a good basic need. You're, you get hungry. You want to eat, right? That's a need. What other needs do you guys have? Tell me about some basic needs. You kids. What, blankets? Yep. Blankets. For when you're cold. What else? Lucy? A house? Jacob? What else? Were you going to say house? Yeah. Okay. Abe? Water? Is that what you said? Water and life. Do you need uh, Do you need to breathe, or can you go without breathing? You need air. Okay. You have a lot of needs. Mr. Paul had a lot of needs, and eating is a pretty big need. Any of you kids ever gone hungry for more than one whole day? More than one whole? I didn't think so. More than one whole meal? Gone hungry for more than one whole meal? Really? Okay. If you raise your hand, maybe I believe you. Well. <clears throat> Okay, fine. Mr. Paul is happy. You sent me a gift. Now I get to eat. Um, I, I, and, I, and why do I rejoice that you sent me a gift? Because I can pay someone to bring me a burger and fries from McDonald's. Is that what he says? He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. And then he tells his friends, just another verse down, he says, see if you can follow this, not that I am speaking of being in need. I'm really happy. I rejoice. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. Okay, imagine it like this. Who can I pick on? Let's see. Um, Peter, I might pick on you. Okay, Peter, I'm picking on you. Imagine Peter heard that the Apostle Paul is in jail. He's like, oh, I love the Apostle Paul. He's doing the work of God in the world, and I want to help him. So Peter sends Mr. Paul a hamburger. He knows, he knows Mr. Paul is going to be hungry, right? So you send him a hamburger. Mr. Paul calls you on the phone. Peter, you there? Hello? Answer the phone, Peter. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and and the, Mr. Paul says, Peter, thank you so much for sending me a hamburger. I am so happy. And Peter says, now I'm just going to talk for you. Peter says, Are you, so you're happy because you get to eat, right? And Mr. Paul says, no, that's not why I'm rejoicing. And you say, well, I thought you wanted to eat. Doesn't that make you happy? Yes, it does. I, I have to eat. I need to eat. I like hamburgers. Makes me happy. But that's not why I'm rejoicing. Well, what, what's going on, Paul? Well, the reason I'm rejoicing, Peter, is because when you sent me that hamburger, I learned something about you. I saw that you love God, and you love the mission of God, and you wanted to help me share the gospel. You love Jesus. When you sent the hamburger, you were giving it to me, yeah. But really, you were giving it to the Lord. And I, I knew all that. And that's why I'm so happy. You're a partner with me. Because you sent me a hamburger in jail. All right, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> so, does that make sense to you kids? It's a different reason for being happy. So, does it make you happy? You kids, and you adults too, for that matter. When other people love God, does it make you happy to be a part of what they're doing for the Lord? Does it make you happy when you see other people coming to Jesus Christ? Does it make you, does it make you happy to have a church family that loves you and that loves God? Does that make you happy? Um, this, is, this is Mr. Paul's friends, the church, his church family in Philippi. They want to help him share the gospel and build the kingdom of God. What made him happier? Another meal, which is nice, or that. That's a bigger thing. They're with me. 
This is something that lasts forever. People coming to Jesus. They're with me. Listen, if it makes you happy, I mean, this is clearly for us adults too, and I was thinking a lot about this, but I want you kids to know, if it makes you happy, when other people are saved, and if it makes you happy, when people love Jesus, if it makes you happy, when you can be a part of expanding the kingdom of God, you can find a lot of reasons to be happy in your life. You can find a lot of reasons, even on a bad day, even on a day where you're in jail. But speaking of bad days, there's another kind of happiness I want to talk about. One more kind, Mr. Paul had it, and I wonder if you have it. Mr. Paul, well, here, let me just read this. This is the second slide of verses, I think, Seth. So, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Okay, that's it. That's the word. What does it mean to be content? Who can help me out here? Hold on. I want Otto. What's that? Joyful to be content? Well, kind of, but not quite. That's, that's a good guess. What does it mean to be content? Does anyone know? Abe, do you think you know? Do you say trusting? That's pretty good, actually. Lucy? To be pleased with what you have. Okay, that nails it. That's very good. Contentment is like a kind of happiness that you have where what's going on around you is okay with you. What's going, it is a kind of happiness, but it's more like joy is the big thing, right? We grab onto God and we have joy. Contentment is like we have what we have and it's okay. So Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul could be okay in prison. Why? Well, he says it's a secret he knows and I want you to know the secret. So let's, let's keep going. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So plenty, today I had enough to eat. Hunger, today I did not have enough to eat. Most of us don't know that feeling, but there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians around the world who do, actually. I've met some of them. Abundance, I got, I can pay all the bills. Maybe I can even afford a PlayStation, I don't know. Need, I don't know if I can pay the bills. Maybe I won't have a place to sleep tonight. Maybe I can't afford another pair of shoes, even though these are almost done for. That's need. So Mr. Paul had a lot of hunger. He had a lot of need. He had a lot of really bad days in addition to good days. Um, but, but that's, I mean, we talked about jail. What are some other things that happened to, to the Apostle Paul? Someone tell me a thing, a bad thing. I want a kid to tell me. Who knows? Mariela? Persecution. What did that look like sometimes? Persecution. Hurting him? Okay, hurting him how? Be even more specific. Beating him? Yeah. Yeah. He got a lot of beatings as he was living for God. Abe, you got one? With a whip? Yeah, you're right. Jacob, you got one? Yeah, they tried to kill him. Taryn, you got one? That's right. Shunning him, kicking him out of town, wanting nothing to do with him, hating him. One more. Uh, Geneva. What's that? Did you say stoning him? Yeah, that's right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this. You know, one time he talks about all the stuff that happened to him. He has a really long list. If you were to give me a list of things like this that happened to you, it would be really short. At least mine would be really short. But Mr. Paul's is super long. This is from Second Corinthians eleven twenty four to twenty eight. If you want to remember that, and he says, 
Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, less one. That means with a whip. 39 lashes, five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. Imagine being out in the ocean with sharks and stuff for a night and a day. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers. Danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things. And here's one you probably didn't think of in your list of suffering. Apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So Paul's worried about everyone he loves. How are they doing? How are their souls doing? I don't always know. I don't always get news. I hear bad news a lot of the time. How are they doing? That's a lot of suffering. So, okay, no matter what what, what happened to Mr. Paul, he had a secret. He knew how to be content. He knew how to be content. When he was hungry, he was content. When he was full, he was, what's the word? What could it be, Jacob? Content? Yes, that's right. When he stubbed his toe... No, he was content. When he didn't stub his toe, he was, maybe he was even more content. Um, Stubbing your toe is no fun. Are are you like this? Are you like this? One day you have like a birthday party and you're really happy. You get the stuff you want. You get your friends, you get your cake, you get your presents. The next day, your mom or dad disciplines you. Ah, Now you're miserable, instantly gone. All that contentment about your life, whoop, it's gone, right? Just in a, maybe, maybe that happens in five minutes. For five minutes, you're happy. You're getting what you want. And then five minutes later, it's over. It's over. Well, I'll tell you a secret if you're a kid. Adults are like that too. We try not to be and we try to hide it, but we can be like that too. One minute, we're happy, and one minute, we're done. We're not actually very content. Well, the Apostle Paul What's the secret? What's the secret? He does have a secret. And if you want the secret, you can have it. It's a secret that can help you on a hard day. It doesn't matter if you're a kid. It doesn't matter if you're an adult. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can have this this secret. You can have it on a day when you didn't get your homework done. You can have it on a day when your parents discipline you for something. You can have it on a day when you realize that you've sinned and you need to be forgiven. You can have it on a day when you feel like you have an experience of God and the experience of God is God is bringing you low. And if you're a kid, maybe you know what that's like. Well, you can be content, meaning you can be happy. So what's the secret? I want to tell you that if you don't want to live for God, then actually the secret to being happy cannot help you and it doesn't belong to you. It's no good to you. It's no good to you. But if you want to find your happiness in God, and in the end, there's, there's only happiness in God. There's actually not any happiness outside of him. If you want to find your happiness in God, I can tell you the secret. You can use it. And it's a secret that will let you be content. And the secret is just that God will be with you. And you can know that. God will be with you. You can seek God. You can find God. He'll answer you. You can ask him for help. God, I'm sick. I'm having a bad day. 
I'm angry at my brother. I'm angry at my sister. I stub my toe and it hurts. God, please help me. God will help you. I'm having a bad day for lots of other reasons. God will help you. I hope you trust him. <clears throat> and did you know, and this is a good one for us to remember us adults, he'll help you be content on a good day. Did you know that you need God's help to be content on a good day? Any of you kids, you ever thought of that? You need God's help to be content on a good day? You might think on a good day everything is easy because you have a full belly and you got your birthday cake and school was fine. Everything's okay. Everything is going well. But actually, that's not true because on a good day, a lot of the time, you kind of forget God. Everything's all right. You forget God. And then, funny thing happens, you forget God, and you start to become the opposite of content. Who knows what the opposite of content is? Lucy. Yeah? Yeah? Angry? Abe? Mean? Yeah? Anyone else? The opposite of content? Taryn. Discontent. Yeah? Yeah, there's, a, there's an exact word for it. Discontent. And you get unhappy. It's weird. You think everything's going well, but actually, the only real happiness is in God. So if you forget God, when you, you got your birthday cake, you're not going to stay happy. Not if you love God. It doesn't work. We need God's help when we have not enough. We need God's help when we have more than enough. We need him when we're low. We need him when we're high. We need him in every situation. Mr. Paul, his secret was just to always ask God for help, and he always got it every time. Every time. But remember what I told you. He lived his life for God. He, lived his, he tied all of his happiness, the joy, the big happiness, and the contentment, the everyday happiness, to God. He tied it to God. When he got shipwrecked, he held on to God. When he was beaten with rods, big thick sticks, he held on to God. When he got stoned, he held on to God. When he was hungry, he held on to God. And when he was full and he had a nice warm place to sleep, he held on to God. He had a secret. No one could take Jesus from him. No one could take Jesus from him. He wanted his friends in the Philippian church to hold on to Jesus. He wanted us to learn to hold on to Jesus. He wants you kids, you little kids, or you not-so-little kids, or you kind of basically sort of adult kids, to hold on to Jesus. He wants all of us to hold on to Jesus. And so the real secret of Mr. Paul's happiness is, is Jesus. All right. So are all of you, all of you kids and adults, are all of you happy today? Full of, full of happiness? Yes. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up or just one? Just one. Two. Okay. One and a half. <clears throat> all right. Well, I want you to know this. Today, if you're a kid or even if you're an adult, if you want joy, <clears throat> you want the big thing, right? You can have it. You can have it. You don't have to wait. If you want to be content, you want to be okay with your life, even if in a lot of ways, you think it stinks. Maybe it really does stink. Maybe you're really sick. I don't know. Well, you can have that too. You can be content. You can be joyful. You can be content. You can be happy. You can have Jesus. You can have Jesus. You can be happy. Just, you can be like Paul. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for showing us the way to joy. We thank you that it's something we can have. We thank you that we can have it if we're young or old. We can have it if our life is terrible and if our life is good. God, we need 
We need Jesus. There's no one else who loves us. There's no other happiness that's going to last. We need him so much. Help us to cling to him. I pray for these children in here. I pray that they'll know him. I pray that they will want him. I pray that they will see he is the source of happiness and joy. Please, God, bring them to yourself. Bring them to your son. And help us adults to find our joy in you. To be happy. In Jesus' name, amen.